My name is Chris Farrell. After seven days waiting for a new episode, I have come home with only one goal, to podcast about Arrow. But to do so, I can't be the explicit podcaster I once was. To save our listeners' ears, I must be someone else. I must become something else. The Gunning Geek Network presents the latest installment of All Things Good and Nerdy. With your hosts, Naki. Internet is really, really great for porn. <laughs> Anthony. No pants, all bacon and dick butts. And Chris. So I'm going to say this as nice as I can. You go to hell, sir. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> They're here each week to talk about the latest in nerd news. And sometimes they bring a special guest host along, too. As Magneto once said, Ha ha ha, welcome to die! I want to cut you all. I'm just going to cut you all. Meat candy. Woohoo! You have boobs! So kick your feet up and relax as you take in the latest crazy episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. That's a thing indeed. But you know what your thing is you have to do today, Naki? We said it in the pre-show, just so everyone knows. Naki found a story about how sniffing farts is good for you. Her mission at some point during the show is to tell us how fart sniffing is good for health. No! Yes, this is your mission. <laughs> no! This is what I happens. Refuse. If you don't give me a funny story to start the show, then I have to make a funny story happen. So I'm going to manufacture one by making you read this story about <laughs> fart sniffing. Uh, you can't tell because I don't have the camera on, but I'm making Grumpy Cat face at you. That's okay. You're going to read the fart sniffing story, right? All right, fine. I'll read the fart. Yeah, and sniffing. just for those who are wondering, the name of this show is going to be Fart Sniffer or something like that today, because yeah. Obviously. Wait, I'm Facebook posting. She's Facebook posting, but evidently, according to this article, it is not an insult to call someone a fart sniffer. So, uh, hey, take that and run with it if you want. People, we're saying on ATGN, you're complimenting people by calling them a fart sniffer. So, you guys are a bunch of fart sniffers. Just one Yes, know. and we fucking hate you. What? What? That's not very nice. What? <laughs> I thought fuck was a term of endearment. Oh, that's true, it is. I'm, I'm rusty since we took that week off. That's true. We did take a week off, and that probably screwed everything up. Now it's all gone to hell. Yeah, we're screwed now. Yep. <laughs> so what'd you guys do with your extra week off? Anything? Any fun stories, adventures to tell us about? I was sick, so I fell asleep. Yay! Knock, you have the best stories ever. <laughs> I, I really do. I, I should be an inspirational author. Yes, and then you can be an Oprah book club member or whatever, and then you make a bunch of money whether your story is true or not. Wait, we don't make money doing this? Uh, if we do, I would like some to pay for web hosting fees. <laughs> hmm. We just got to get a really good sponsor. How about Gunna Geek over at GunnaGeek.com? Wait, Big Papa's not in the chat room. Never mind. I can't get a sponsor if he's not here. Where's Where's John Drew with that paycheck? Yeah, we need that out of the Gunna Geek slush fund. That's how we pay for our hookers and blow. I mean, our web space and uh, pictures. Yes. Web space, hookers, whatever. We don't have any blow. <laughs> All right, do you actually do you actually want to read this or want me to tell you what this is? All right, so Naki's going to have an exclusive story for us about how smelling farts is good for your health. So we're going to toss it over to Naki with this exclusive news piece here on All Things Good and Nerdy. 
Yes. Actually, this comes to us from theweek.com. I don't know how logical or great this site is because I've never heard of it before. But apparently a new study at the University of Exeter uh, suggests that the exposure to hydrogen sulfide, a.k.a. what your body produces as bacteria breaks down food and it causes gas, could prevent mitochondria damage. Yes, the implication of, of what you're thinking. People that are taking the research to mean that smelling fart could prevent disease and even cancer. The study was published in the Medical Chemistry Communications Journal found that hydrogen sulfide gas in rot rotten eggs and flatulence could be a key factor in treating diseases. <laughs> <laughs> so, In that case, I have a friend who has cured cancer like a million times. Because um, he's a boyfriend. known drive-buyer. You just give me some burritos with beans, I'll help you cure cancer. It's no problem. My, here to help. my boyfriend could cure cancer in an hour if you give him some tacos. I mean... <laughs> so guys, this is how we come back after a week hiatus. Fart jokes. Welcome yes. to episode 115 of All Things Good Nerdy, recorded live on July 13th, 2014. The Fart Show. Yes! Farts for everybody. Maybe that's what I'll call the Fart Show. Oh, excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously uh, <laughs> sending this to my boyfriend and telling him thank you for curing my cancer. See, nice. doing this show just helped you come up with a funny line. Congratulations, we're here to help. So everyone, let your significant others know, especially if they like to fart, they're helping cure cancer, and that makes them winners. Winners, I say. I really want someone to make an animated GIF of me pointing at the camera like that. It could be uh, hilarious. Saying winners, winners. <laughs> winners don't do drugs. They do fun. Uh, uh, I think it's a draftsman just hit us all up on uh, Twitter. Uh, he found Wonder Woman at uh, Exotica. You should really check out that picture. Because, damn! The question is, is it safe for me to show on Twitter? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's no nudity. It's it's a, She's wearing an actual Wonder Woman costume. But... Damn. He was going to go and do some interviews for us, he'd said, but those of you watching the YouTube video, this is the uh, Wonder Woman that he found at Exotica. Good catch, Draftsman. Good catch indeed. Maybe that's why hey, he was that's too busy to do himself. interviews. <laughs> it's who? And that's Draftsman. That is Draftsman himself. That uh, is him? Oh. Yeah. And yeah, now you know what he looks like. I don't care about that. I want to know who Wonder Woman is. What's her name? She's Diana <laughs> Prince. Well, yeah, but if That's she's at Exotica, then I'm assuming she's a porn star, so I need to know her porn name so I can go find her videos. Well, Draftsman is watching the show right now, so just give him a little bit of time, and I'm sure when the chat room catches up, there you go. Very true. I'm just saying. But we've talked a lot about farts and porn stars and our normal random bullshit that we do in this show. Maybe we should start talking about some of the news that's happened. What do you guys think? Oh no, we we are talking about curing cancer with our butts. <laughs> I, I gotta remember to pull that line out. <laughs> <laughs> curing cancer with our butts. Curing cancer with our butts. Yay! I just want Nokia to make a song about curing cancer now. I'm try I'm trying to. Hang on, we're I'm on the spot here. I'll figure it out. We'll get this. Well, so let's just roll into some news cancer first. with our butts, oh, doo-dah, doo-dah. <laughs> cancer with our butts all the day. Gonna fart all night, gonna fart all day. 
Thanksgiving campfire with my ass. Uh, After I eat a burrito. <laughs> no, you need something that that rhymes with ass. Sass, mass. Oh, curing cancer with my ass. Don't even give me sass. There you go. <laughs> nice. That is the official cancer curing fart song of ATGN, and we're going to make that our intro from now on. The uh, official ATGN song, at least for today. Yes, period. that is today's official song. <laughs> Officially official. Officially official. Officially official. So let's just toss it over. Let's do some news, and I'm going to toss to to Anthony first, since Naki just gave us a song. She gets a little break. Sweet. Yay. I got two comic items uh, real quick. Uh, the first one I love because it's it's all about making Chris happy. Superior oh. Spider-Man returns! There is my god. Uh, for the lead-up to uh, Spider-Verse, they're going to do at least, apparently, a couple more issues of the Superior Spider-Man. And it's funny because the, the article I'm reading about it on Comics Alliance, they're talking about oh, how, how is this possible? How could this happen? And they risked out six explanations. Like, it's an alternate universe. Uh, Otto got a new body. It's someone else. It's the afterlife. It's another dimension. It's all a dream. How about a real fucking simple one? These adventures happened before Otto gave Peter his fucking body back because it's That's a comic crazy. book, you crazy fuckers. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's a couple more issues of uh, the Doc Ock Spider-Man coming back, so... There'll be a few more, uh, starting with number 32. It we does get a little look, more Superior Spider-Man. It looks kind of cool, because it looks like he's in the 2099 world. Yeah, it does, because, I mean, it looks like, yeah, he's fighting some of the, the Alchemax guys, so it might be some storyline where they pop him into the future real fast. But, yeah, I mean, for the the work team, you got Dan Slott writing it, and I think uh, Christos Cage possibly as well, because I, I think Christos Cage is a writer. But then uh, they got a Giuseppe Comincoli and Adam Kubert on art. So the fucking books oh, nice. are going to be gorgeous. So, yeah, it's, there, I think there's going to be at least a couple of issues. So anybody that was getting Superior Spider-Man before, um, my LCS made sure they put it out on their email to everybody that if you had it before and it got canceled, you need to re-up it because a lot of places won't pull a book after it's been canceled if it comes back right? because they're not going to see that when they go in to do their previews reorder. So if you were getting Superior Spider-Man before and liked it, make sure you tell your LCS to pull it for you now. But yeah, so that's coming up, which yeah, all leads up to Spider-Verse, which I'm stoked for that because giant massive crossovers aren't you know usually that great. Original Sin's been all right, but the idea of one storyline that's going to have every Spider-Man variation ever all inside of it in one story, I don't know how or why that's going to make sense, and I don't care because I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> The, the preview art already is amazing. It's like they, they got fucking spider hams in it. Fucking Peter Porker is part of the storyline. Yeah, so, I'm intrigued having Peter Porker uh, there. I don't know how they're going to do that, but yeah, just the images with all the Spider-Man, fucking awesome. I'm stoked. And then um, there was a new one that, you know, if anybody's been on, a, you know, spent more than five minutes on social media in the last four or five days, you might have noticed that Batgirl has a new outfit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. The internet kind of blew up. Yeah. Motherfuckers have gone crazy. So there's, you know, you got a new costume, the the new uh, new writer, new art team. For those that haven't so, seen it, it's up in my window. Uh, let's see what do we got? There you go. Yeah, but you know, I think I think it's a pretty cool costume, and then it's um, you know, so far from what I've seen, it's been really positive reaction for the new uh, team on the book. 
But what I've been more impressed by is I will add, uh, I'll put a link in the chat room, is the fan art. Yeah, there's been some great fan art. They've got a page, I think there's 40 different images on here, and it's all new, it's all sketches of the new Batgirl. People are going crazy for the new costume and just fucking drawing the hell out of it. So yeah, it's, it's definitely something to go check out if you haven't seen it yet. There's just so many artists doing variations on it. I mean, I've seen Mike Norton did one. I think, um, I know my friend uh, Tressa Bowling did one. I actually asked her to scan it for me so I can do I can do some colors on it. But yeah, people are going crazy. There's, I mean, there's hundreds, hundreds of people already doing, like there's already fully rendered digital paintings of the new costume. It's like, I don't know who these people are or how they have the time, but damn. Yeah, the... You know, it's it's a cool looking costume. Apparently, somebody here has problems with it. But... I don't have problems with it. I just have some mild concerns. But first, something I think is really cool <laughs> is the fact the cape does snap off, which kind of makes sense. You'd want someone on the bat team to have the cape be easily removable because yeah, you can get drug around by that. My only real concern on this no capes, no capes. <laughs> they talk about this happens because her traditional costume or the one she's using now gets damaged beyond repair or something like that. So she goes and creates her own piecemeal out of things that she's able to purchase. But it's not spandex the Bat Team wears. It's a Kevlar weave and things like that. So that can turn a bullet. My only concern is, from a practical standpoint, if you're a superhero who wears the Bat Emblem on your chest, you're a target. People are going to want to shoot you. Leather is not going to turn a bullet like Kevlar is. So the practicality of it kind of concerns me a little. I love the look of it. I think it looks awesome. It's just I don't know how useful it is compared to the original, not the original, but the other suits that are out there. And let's be honest, do you think Bruce wouldn't make her a new costume if she asked for it? In a world well, where his son is dead, he has to pretend that Dick Grayson is dead, so he's losing people left and right, and if he can build her a suit that continues to save her life, you think he wouldn't do it? Yeah, I'll say it I'm, maybe I'm reading into it way too much. I really like the look of the suit. Don't think I'm shitting on it, people. I think I think you are. I think you're reading into it too much, because I would say if, you know, if they wear a, a Kevlar weave that looks like fucking spandex... That's one micrometer above their skin, and that can somehow turn a bullet. Then I'm pretty sure if she goes and buys, you know, a nice pair of you know leather pants and a leather jacket and turns it into a costume, then at some point when she goes to wash it, Alfred steals it, puts the bulletproof plating into it, and gives it back without her noticing. <laughs> I hope so. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you be able to feel that though? I mean, it's not like that's lightweight. Yeah, well. If it's like a fully leather outfit, it's not lightweight to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pick up the book and I'll look at it. My only concern is how practical it is compared to the, for lack of a better term, the traditional bat suit. It, like, if we were taking Golden Age suits that were literally just spandex and replaced with an all-leather suit, that's that's awesome. It makes sense to me. But if you're taking a Kevlar suit and making it leather, it seems like a weird step backwards. I don't know. I think you're yeah you're trying to get way too realistic with a comic book that's not really that realistic. This is true. I mean, if, how, it was the, if it was the activity, then I'd be with you. But it's fucking it's a bat book. I mean, I look at I mean, but I guess it does sort of make sense though, because go and look at Arrow right now, where uh, Oliver Queen basically just runs around the city in leather yeah. and shoots people and never gets hit except for like grazed shots. I don't know. I got nothing. If you want practicality, the new uh, the new Punisher outfit. I saw. I can't remember who the artist is, but uh, uh, somebody did a new design for the Punisher, where basically his chest piece is like 
kind of like what the DoD is trying to design for the new military outfits, Ooh. to where it's a it's a it's one piece of armor that has extensions and add-ons, and so it's the Punisher using that type of system, to where it's just the skull and then everything that's hooked to it can be modified. But the whatever artist drew it, the the concept art is gorgeous, and it has them in like two different variations of the suit, and it's got the ones where the 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 white teeth are the big uh, ammo packets. Oh, nice! Where you got you got a full size magazine. And it's three of those to make the teeth. I don't know. I've always loved that look. Trapsman brings up a good point in the chat room. He goes, "Chris, have you ever tried to get into a Wonder Bra? Those things are tougher than Kevlar to get through." <laughs> <laughs> and also false advertising. Yeah, new no shit, man. <laughs> Boobs. Boobies. There's really no good segue after me screaming boobies, so I'm just going to do my story. Is that uh, on July 27th at Comic-Con, if you're a fan of the series Young Justice, you might want to pay attention because DC put out their schedule, and for the Warner Archive Collections panel, they said at the end, attendees who stick around to the end will be privy to a special announcement that will excite all fans, both young, and that's in quotes with a capital Y, and old, in room 7AB. So they're putting the emphasis on young there. And a lot of sites are starting to report, oh, maybe they're bringing back Young Justice, because those that aren't familiar, Season 2 ended on a pretty massive cliffhanger. It was a really good cartoon, it's just it didn't sell toys. But I'm not thinking we're getting more Young Justice. I think this is going to be more of, hey, we're going to put the entire series out on Blu-ray for you now. But Could be. Because it's the Warner Archive Collections that's announcing this. So I'm assuming it's probably a Blu-ray announcement, but what I'm really hoping for is a Season 3. Well, what's sad is they've only got season one so far on Netflix, so that's all I've seen, and I loved season one. But uh, who is it? Someone uh, Kevin Smith was talking to somebody on the the Bat Pod, Fat Man on Batman, about it, and apparently it actually it sold toys. It sold too many girls' toys and not enough boys' toys. That was Paul Dini, and that was one of the main reasons. I think yeah, that was Paul Dini was talking about. It. They're saying that the amount of toys that it sold was enough to keep the show going. The problem was is that the execs, whoever was in fucking charge, said that it wasn't selling enough toys to boys. And, you know, of course, as, as they say in that business, girls don't buy toys, so they didn't care how many girls were buying toys, which is fucking stupid. It highlights a problem there is with cartoons everywhere in, like, the superhero level, is that it's all about toy sales, not necessarily putting out a good show. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, can we also highlight the fact that they're not caring that it's the little girls buying the toys? Even if it is girl toys or boy toys, first off, why are the why the fuck are we gender typing toys? Second of all, who the well, fuck especially is? in a shoe, especially in a show that's a mix of genders of superheroes from both sides. Yeah. It's not like it's not like Young Justice was you know six guys and one female. You know, if, if honestly, honestly, if the only female on the team was was you know uh, Martian Manhunter or uh, what the hell's her name, Miss Manhunter, Miss Martian. Miss Martian, I knew I had the name wrong. But like, if that was the only female on the team, then as an executive, maybe I could give them that they shouldn't care how many female toys they're selling if they only have one female toy. I mean, there's here's multiple the, female characters, and, it gets and they were even more so. Those toys were selling fairly well. Yeah, you get even more female characters when you get into season two, and they start bringing in like Bumblebee, and Zatanna becomes a main character, and um. Cheshire is there all the time, and there's all sorts of stuff going on. I mean, it just had a really good cast of characters, period. I don't think it mattered to me whether they're men or women. It was a good show. Yeah, it was a good show with a great cast of characters. Yeah, it'd be one thing if it's Turtles, and the only female character you have is April O'Neil, and that's the only toy that's selling. Okay, the show's going to get canceled. It makes sense. But yeah, why does it matter who's buying the toys if they're 
they're selling and their male and female toys. Yeah, I, I apologize because I got this confused with Green Lantern when I was talking about toy sales because I think it's Green Lantern that wasn't selling the toys at the time because they were paired back-to-back. Yeah. Which made sense because they were pretty shitty from what I recall. I actually have a couple Young Justice toys, though, because they look cool. Yeah, see, and the ones I saw look cool. I mean, I sadly didn't pick any up, which, yeah, maybe yeah, it's my second. fault they canceled it. <laughs> what were you saying, Naki? Well, I was going to say, like, what, I don't honestly understand what it would matter on what, char- what characters even sold. Like, if the toys are selling, what the fuck does it matter? I mean, they actually made good ones. I mean, here's, like, Roy Harper from Young Justice. Awesome looking. Nice, yeah. Because it's going with my Arrow and Deathstroke figures. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't know whoever. Yeah, whoever the de- executives are that make those decisions, it's 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 always sad that like creative people aren't in charge of the actual decisions of keeping a show around. It's See, someone that's afraid of losing their job if some some market value dips one percent of some bullshit figure on a chart. Blah blah blah. They took chances back in the early 90s to do Batman the Animated Series, do Spider-Man and X-Men and things like that. In today's world, I don't know if those make it past a season or two. That's what concerns me, is there's all this good stuff we might miss out on because... Well, what was that new Batman that's already been canceled? Oh. That one wasn't great. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, but it didn't even get a chance. Like, it wasn't even, what, half a season? I don't think it's been officially canceled yet. They just moved it to a death time slot like they did the Tron cartoon. Well, I know that they showed it that new fucking uh, whatever consumer products toy expo. They already had new banners up for the new Batman toys, for the new Batman cartoon. So that pretty much tells me the one that's out right now is fucking canceled. Yeah, what they did was they showed three episodes at its time that it was scheduled at, and then they put it on indefinite hiatus. That's all it got was three episodes. Jesus. I got more than that. I remember uh, recording more than that on my DVR. Well, no, it, oh no, you're right. It got it got three episodes at it, at its regular time at that it was supposed to be at. Then they moved the time, and then it got put on. Indefinite I think the hiatus. whole first half of the season got out there before that happened. Before they moved it, no. I think yeah, not, I think it was a half a season that was out, and then they decided they would air the back half on Toonami at like midnight. Either way, it's still pathetic. My DVR might not have picked it up then, because it, it only gave me the first three episodes at its time, and then... See, I the had like eight them. or nine on my DVR, and I watched the first three or four, and I was like, meh, and just deleted it then. It was, I, I thought it was a very, you know, it was a very fun, it was not, you know, it was, it was no Batman the Animated Series or anything like that, but it was fun. It was a, You'll it was never a, have another Batman the Animated Series, though, that's the thing, because we've built it up so much in our heads over time, and it's still a great show. But there will be never there will never be anything that lives up to how we remember that show being. That's the problem. Well, until there's a new generation. Possibly. Well, yeah, it, it'll be. It, we won't have it until there's a new show that actually like basically destroys what everybody else is doing. Because that's what that cartoon did. It kicked everything's ass. Yeah, but they but they made, made a cinematic Batman cartoon, and nobody had done a cartoon like that up until that point. You have you said the magic word though. You said cartoon. And that's what these executives view it as, as a kid's thing, as a cartoon, not geared towards us, the adults. But I'm sitting here, like, I watch more, more cartoons than I watch, you know, real-life shows. <laughs> that's because we I, haven't grown up yet, Naki. 
well, there's that, but there's also <laughs> the fact that, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't like to be constantly reminded of real life. I like to, I like to step into the superhero fold. That's what kind of got me into comics and got me into the whole sci-fi world because anything can happen as opposed to real life where we deal with a whole lot of bullshit that nobody wants to think about on a regular basis. That's why there's TV. That's why we have entertainment. That's why, you know, that's why that exists, is to step out of our own lives. Very true. Yeah. It's just aggravating that we don't, that even though we're older, we do not, we do not fit into their cartoon quote-unquote demographic. I think it's just a moving target because I can never figure out what it is they want to put out there, I mean. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Now I'm all angry and sad at the same time. <laughs> and I'm going to make not... I have happy news. Now. Yeah, make me happy, happy again. News. And make sure it's not just a fart story, please. Okay. Well, fuck. Hang on a second. <laughs> uh, <dang> um, <laughs> Well, actually, I don't know how happy it'll make Chris, because it has to do with Pacific Rim. Meh. But it'll make Anthony happy. I'm ambivalent. Hell yeah. Um, so, go, uh, Guillermo del Toro, who is the writer, director, everything of Pacific Rim, um, before Pacific Rim 2, actually, he's interrupting production, pre-production of Pacific Rim 2, because he's filming a very small, black and white, very bizarre, quote-unquote, movie that will um, be in release he doesn't say um, he he's very reluctant to talk about it because it's so bizarre and he doesn't want to give anything away um, but the cast is very small he'd love to have John Hurt um, there's one great creature and it does have a title but I'm not going to talk about it is what he says um, hmm See, here's the thing, though. I mean, Guillermo del Toro puts out some awesome stuff, but how many movies is he supposedly making right now? He's got... Well, right now he's wrapping Crimson Peak, and then nothing else but Pacific Rim 2, and all, all right, of so the Pacific Rim things. How, what well, happened to Justice League Dark that he's talked about about 6,000 times? Well, he's talked about it, but that was never confirmed. He said, I'm doing Justice League Dark. <laughs> he said, right, according to this, it says... Um, we start pre-production on Pacific Rim 2 in August, then I interrupt it briefly to, into the first of the year to do this strange little movie, and then I restart it and go all the way until we are shooting Pacific Rim 2 at the end of 2015 for the release in 2017. Well, I hope it does happen. I mean, it's just the problem is, the thing that I've learned is he says he's done a lot of things, and then you're like, okay, he's got way too many irons in the fire. Which one's going to drop? Well, my guess is that Pacific Rim 2... <laughs> and this, whatever this bizarre little movie is, is going to be the priorities. Um, well, Justice League Dark, while I would love to see him do it because I thought his Hellboys were great, um, honestly, it has no hype behind it. Um, a lot of people, if you're not already that's a That's why everyone reader, went, what the fuck, when he said he was making it. Well, if you're not already a comic book reader, and we know how great DC is about building their movies, um, it's not going to do anything. Yeah, I think Hellboy 3 would make more money than Justice League Dark. Yeah, I do Probably. Too. And just just and to, to clear it up, right now, on his IMDb, for announced post and like pre-production projects, 
We have the Incredible Hulk TV series is an executive producer of one episode, so that's probably done. I don't think it's ever happening. Uh, Book of Life, he's a producer, it's in post-production. Crimson Peak, he's a producer, it's in post-production. Kung Fu Panda 3, he's an executive producer, it's in post-production. The Strain TV series, where he's an executive producer on 13 episodes, is still filming, and I think he's got input on the comic book for that as well. Uh, he's announced as the producer on Pinocchio and Pacific Rim 2. So, yeah, he's got a lot of projects. No doubt. But yeah, he's Justice League Dark projects. isn't even listed under there as a producer. If you if you think about it though, being a producer is not nearly as intense as being a, as being a writer director. True. Pacific Rim Two is the baby here. I mean, being yeah, a producer technically under just writer. You're a producer. Under writer, they got him on Pacific Rim Two, Hellboy Three, Pinocchio, The Strain, Crimson Peak, and uh, The Hobbit: The Battle of Five Armies for the screenplay. Oh really? Hmm. Yeah. Um. You have to understand, um, I believe with Guillermo del Toro, I believe he wrote the original comic book that the now the TV series The Strain is based on. He wrote, he co-wrote the book, because I read the first book in The Strain. It was actually pretty good. Yeah, I read the first issue. I liked it. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's a man who's who always had a shit ton of work going on for him, which I don't understand how... Um, don't be afraid of the dark that made, because that movie was fucking terrible. <laughs> I think he just wanted to put something on TV because he hadn't done that. Well, it was it was um, it was based it was based off of a made-for-TV movie that was fucking terrible. But um, I mean, the fact that he casted Katie Holmes as his lead actress in it was just a bad idea. <laughs> you said actress and Katie Holmes. You lost me right there. <laughs> I would just put it up that maybe he wasn't. He didn't have that much influence on casting. Yeah, yeah I don't think true. he had that much influence on any of that whatsoever other than his name was on it. Because <laughs> yeah, let, let's be honest, Ron Perlman wasn't in it. So if Ron yeah, Perlman true. wasn't in it, I'm assuming Guillermo didn't do the casting. <laughs> There's probably a good chance of that, yes. yes. That man loves himself Ron Perlman. Who doesn't love Ron Perlman, though? Yeah, but I think Guillermo likes Ron Perlman even more than the rest of us. And we exactly. all love Ron Perlman. He's got, I think he's got a boy crush on him. That's That's called guy love. Between mm-hmm. two guys. Are you going to sing that song for us, too? The guy no. love song? Oh. I already had one singing moment today. It's I'm not going to make it <laughs> There'd if be a good picture for that, too. Yeah, on, if you're a Scrubs uh, fan, you'll know the guy love song. On uh, love Twitter it. yesterday, um, Michael Jai White put out a photo of him with Ron Perlman, wherever they're hanging out right now. And I think it said something like, what kind of trouble could Spawn and Hellboy get up to together? It's yeah, like, I saw oh, that. Oh, Damn. So bad. <laughs> the Spawn movie? Huh? I never saw the Spawn movie. It it wasn't good. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. It's somewhere yeah. in between. That's the best way I mean, to describe it. The fight scene stuff that, that Michael J. White did is amazing because it's fucking Michael J. White. And honestly, I think probably it's worth watching for uh, John Leguizamo. Because John Leguizamo actually like crouched down and walked around like a midget. For six months in an overweight clown costume to play the Violator. And it's fucking creepy to see him as a four-foot-tall, 300-pound white guy. <laughs> Actually, I, I really enjoy John Leguizamo when he's not a main character. When he's a, sta- when he's a supporting role, he's actually really good. He's a very good I supporting love, actor. I love Legs. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything I didn't like. 
there was a movie that he was the lead on that I was super excited about, and I can't think of the name of it, but it was a gang movie. And, like, we all saw John Leguizamo, and we were like, oh, my God, we fucking love him. We go to the movies, and it was the most disappointing, like, drama movie ever, and we're like, oh. Sad face. Sad face. <laughs> I really like, like, when he's a supporting actor, or when he gets, like, a character role, he's really good at it. He's fantastic at what he does. Like when he plays Luigi. Oh, like when he plays Luigi. No. <laughs> no. Why did you bring that movie back to me? Because it's an amazing movie, Chris, obviously. I love John Leguizamo. That's I hate, I hate you all so much right now. No, He's you awesome. don't. I do. You don't. <laughs> I do. You don't. The hate compels me. No more hate hatred, compels Chris. you to do what? Find something you enjoy and tell us about it. Ooh, I got something I enjoy then. We missed this news because of our off week. They are bringing in some new characters in Arrow, one of which is Dr. Ray Palmer, who you may know as... The Atom. Fucking Superman! Yes, the news here is the fact that Brandon fucking Routh is playing the Atom in Arrow, and I'm like, yes! Fuck yeah, because he's an awesome, awesome actor on TV shows. If you haven't seen Chuck yet, watch Chuck yeah. and the arc he's on Chuck on. When he becomes, when he does a character shift, oh my god, he's great at being the creepy evil dude. Yeah, if the only thing you've ever seen Brandon Routh do is Superman Returns and you hate it because it was Superman Returns, don't hold that against him. Go watch the yeah the six or seven episodes of Chuck he was on. The guy can do damn good TV. The, the bitch of it is he wasn't the bad part of Superman Returns. No, he wasn't. It was just it was a bad a, story. It was a it was a horrible script. And I you know I give that for for Ben Affleck as Daredevil too. Like I didn't hate the Daredevil movie in all honesty. I like the, the Daredevil, Daredevil movie because I own the director's cut. Yeah, the director's cut's far better than what they put out there. Very different film. Yes, I never saw the director's cut. Go but find it in the $5 that... bin. Yeah, if you see the director's cut, you'll like it. <laughs> they, I, like, <laughs> he gets so much shit for that movie, but honestly, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> honestly, it wasn't that bad. We're still talking about Daredevil, right? I want to make sure we weren't on yeah. Superman Returns. <laughs> I, well, no, I, I think Superman Returns wasn't that bad either, as long as you get rid of that fucking kid. I got in an argument when that came out, and, and the whole Batman you know came out. stalking Superman thing. Yeah, creepy that part stalker, was creepy. Dad. Yeah. I was in school when the when that came out, and someone kept trying to tell me Superman Returns was a better movie than Batman Begins, and I was like, "You're fucking crazy, lady." Yeah, that that is a crazy person. I was like, uh, I'll Superman argue the good terrible. parts of Superman Returns, but I will not argue that it's better than Batman Begins. I mean, there's That's some a losing super, argument. There's some super intense moments in Superman Returns, like the moment where Lex Luthor stabs him in the back with a shard of kryptonite. That's friggin' badass. Yep, that part's good. The bullet to the eyeball that was, was fucking dude. intense. And the fact that if you close your eyes in half the scenes, Brandon Routh is so channeling Christopher Reeves that you might not realize that it's him. That was the thing is he play, he played Chris Reeves as Superman. Yeah. He didn't play Brandon Routh as Superman. I don't Which know how is, different it would have been if he played himself his version of Superman. I don't know. I think I think it's one of those things that Brandon Routh grew up like us, where in his head, Christopher Reeves is Superman. That's, Christopher Reeves made him believe a man could fly. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. Sorry, I just stole the punch on that. But yeah, the fact he's coming to Arrow has me really intrigued, and let's be honest, Arrow is hitting on all cylinders right now. They... Oh, and, actually, and that wasn't the only cast announcements either, because they're going to add in uh, Katana, Deadly Little Miko, uh, Devin Akoy from uh, Sin City 
is basically just going to put a mask on and play the exact same character that she yes. played in Sin City. Deadly little Miko with her fucking katana, and she's going to bring that over to Arrow and just be katana. And because we know it's Arrow, I'm sure there's going to be even more people that start showing up as we go on, plus the return of former characters. I wouldn't be shocked, for instance, if Misal Ghoul comes back, or Deadshot, Black Canary, mm-hmm. Deathstroke's going to have to come back. Maybe they'll finish the Harley Quinn tease. I mean... This show yeah. is doing everything it can to bring in awesome characters from the overall DCU, and Naki needs to watch the show. <laughs> I'm working True. on it. Um, but you guys are missing like one character announcement that I'm really surprised that has to do with that whole universe uh, with the Flash. They're bringing in. Oh, that's true. Oh, yes, right. yes. Uh, Fire Lord is Robbie Amell, who is Stephen Amell's cousin, who was starring in The Tomorrow People. Yep. It was hilarious. And we all know I have. Great admiration for how Stephen Amell handles his social media, and I guess he posted a uh, picture of his text message with his cousin, and all it said was "Welcome to the Justice League." <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> yeah, if they put the Flash on after Arrow on Wednesdays, then we'll have the Amell Wednesdays again. Well, that's not what's going to happen. That Flash is going to be on Tuesday nights at eight, and then Arrow Wednesdays at eight. Is that what's going to be? Damn that's it. what. Yeah, they've already announced that. They need the superhero power hour, man. Yeah, I don't disagree, but <laughs> I kind of like how well. CW's going all in when it comes to this uh, beginning of Flash because the week before the season starts, they're doing all of the episodes with the Flash in it as Arrow reruns. All the Barry ones? Nice. Yeah, and then they do the Tuesday night premiere of the Flash, and then Wednesday night they do the Arrow premiere, and I think they're doing a rerun of the Flash right after the Arrow premiere. See, I'm really stoked because... Sorry, what, Naki? How long do I have to watch these shows? Until uh, October, October, right? October 6th, I think, or something like that is when it starts up again. Perfect. All right. Yeah. You can you probably watch Flash without being caught up on Arrow. And realistically, you could probably skip ahead on Arrow if you wanted. You just have some gaps that would need to be answered, and that's what Wikipedia is for. That's Thank true. For Wikipedia. But I'm a completionist. I am too, and I catch <laughs> crap for that because I watched The Cape almost to the very end, and I watched all of Heroes. Ugh. I saw the cape was on Netflix. I gave great power to uh, me when I gave it I'm, one star. I'm gonna watch it again. Oh, I like the cape. I forgot. Vinnie Jones show. is doing his version of Killer Croc. Is awesome. The show is so bad. I don't so care. I like bad. it. God. Well, for Arrow though, I'm definitely stoked because with Katana coming in, it's another street level character where you don't really have super powers. The awesome thing is going to be to see how they handle the atom, because that's going to be the first really visual superpower where they have to do a special effect or something. Well, my only question is, have they said that he's going to be superpowered, or is this like before superpowers? Yeah, like if he's just going to be Ray Palmer and not yeah. actually be the atom. I mean, they, I they've know, gone but... away to give him superpowers because if you've watched the five-minute preview for the Flash, they start talking about metahumans. And yeah. the, the event in Central City or whatever is what caused metahumans to happen. So they could just have it be that Ray Palmer was there for a scientific conference of some kind, and then he's got powers now. I just want to see how they do it, because he's really going to be the first person on Arrow that has actual visual superpowers. So I mean, Deathstroke's hard to kill and stuff, but like that doesn't you don't have to do anything. Yeah, you same with Solomon Grundy. Getting back up, yeah. It's just it's characters who just keep getting back up or are really talented with bows and arrows or guns or blades or whatever. But Ray Palmer's going to be the first person where they actually have to do a visual effect to show him shrinking. That would be cool. 
you know, so it's going to be cool because he's going to be basically the first person that has real visual superpowers on Actually, the show. Actually, the first person with visual superpowers is going to be Barry Allen. Oh, yeah, if Barry yeah. shows up before Ray Palmer, yeah. I don't know if they're going They've already kind of teased the fact that Stephen Amell shows up in the first episode of Flash, but I wonder if Flash will show up at the beginning of Arrow or something. That they'll have him crossover. Yeah. It would be a nice way to start start the year off to a crossover episode with the two. They they had the perfect opportunity at the end of season two to bring the Flash in there. I I kind of wish they'd done it at the I same know. time. The messenger. The messenger. Because Naki hasn't even, seen it yet, but all they do is they tease the fact that there's a messenger coming from Central City to Star City with something that Oliver needs, and we're all sitting there like, is it the Flash? It's not. It's just a do with a briefcase. Which and. When when you look at what they're doing with the Flash, or like in the the preview where they show like they before they build him the suit, like they got him running around in like spandex and stuff while they're testing his powers, it makes sense that like you couldn't already have the suit, like it'd be kind of jumping forward in time for him to show up as the full Flash, but it still would have been awesome. Yeah, no, no, he's like I don't know what they're talking about. They just need to shut <laughs> up. Yeah, go team. Jeez, Naki, so rude. Go team. <laughs> I'm polite. What are you talking about, fucking bitches? I rest my case. I mean, what? Pickles. I'm curing cancer with my ass. Thank you very much. Oh, no. We're never going to get this show done now. Every time someone says something, else, can be a... Yep. Carrying cancer with my ass, do da. Oh no, I did it wrong already. Carrying cancer with my butt, do da, do da. Carrying cancer with my butt on the do dong day. For those that don't remember the reference, just to listen to the beginning of the show when we explain how ca- farts can cure cancer potentially. Hooray for farts! Oops. Hooray for farts! Hooray for farts! I completely lost my train of thought of what I was going to talk about next. Um... <laughs> Nice. Wow. That's because farts more amazing than whatever you were going to talk about. Ah. Oh, the doo day. <laughs> oh, the doo day. <laughs> Did we talk about on here? I can't remember that. That the uh, Weinstein's have passed on Clark's three. They'll dish. They'll do distribution basically if Kevin Smith can raise the money to do it. And I don't think we mentioned it on here yet. Yeah, Kevin Smith had a proposed budget of six million dollars. <laughs> they said it was too expensive but that they would help with the distribution side of things if he can make the movie. That's fucking ridiculous, because, honestly, $6 million, they're saying that's too expensive for a Kevin Smith movie? He's guaranteed to make 34 to $36 million. He has exactly 34 to $36 million worth of fans. He makes that on every fucking film since Clerks 2. I guess the question is how much advertising would they have to put in on top of that because that's where a lot of these movies spend See, most of their money. That's where they're time. fucking stupid because he made $36 million on Red State and he didn't advertise a fucking dime. Yes. And Red State was really good. Red State I haven't was seen it yet. damn good. Yeah, anybody that hasn't seen Red State, you're doing yourself a disservice. You need to watch Red State more than she needs to watch fucking Arrow. John Goodman is in Red State and he's fucking spectacular. Dude, that movie was creepy as fuck. Oh yeah, it's super creepy. It's well written. It's got it's got the, the the goofy Kevin Smith dialogue you expect from the teenagers, but the adults. It's 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 honestly it's it's kind of one of those. I, I would say it's the first time that Kevin Smith has written adults talking like adults, because there's adult interaction with the characters in that movie 
that you've never seen in any Kevin Smith property ever before, and it doesn't feel like a Kevin Smith film. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it, it's not goofy, it's not childish, it's fucking creepy, it's scary, and it's damn well made. Well, it's not that I didn't want to watch it, I just haven't gotten around <laughs> to it. It's on my Netflix queue. Oh, dude, go watch that this afternoon. It'll fuck. It'll it'll blow your head back. It's it's some crazy shit. I want the shit. lights on for it. Man, I don't want the lights on. <laughs> Though poor Ralph Garman has no lines, but oh well, he's got lines in Tusk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm excited to see Tusk because that also is fucking sounds creepy as it shit. It sounds creepy and weird as all hell, and I'm <laughs> totally on board for it. Okay, I don't know what Tusk is. That's the uh, current movie he's doing. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where he talked about um, someone asking you like why one of the reasons he wants to quit movies is that he can sit on the Smodcast with him and fucking Scott, and over the course of an hour or two, they can do the equivalent of coming up with an entire movie, start to finish, and how cool it would be and tell the whole story, and it doesn't cost him anything. Well, they did that one day, and he started. He went off on a story where there was some strange advertisement on like um, Craigslist or something about this creepy fucker that wanted a roommate that was willing to dress up as a walrus. Yes. And Kevin Smith kind of took that to the logical conclusion that this person must be a fucking serial killer, and (laughs) this is what they do to kill people. And so him and Scott went back and forth over the course of the episode, and he basically came up with an entire movie premise and how the entire story would go out. And then he put it up on Twitter and had people hashtag either, what was it, walrus yes or walrus no, to whether or not he should actually write a script about the crazy walrus serial killer. And it came back like 96% walrus yes from the people who had listened to the episode because it's just a fucking crazy idea. So he sat down, like, you know, got high, you know, grabbed his laptop, busted out eight hours and wrote a fucking script, and now they're producing the film. And, like, it's got some big-name fucking actors in it, too. Um, But the kid from uh, The Sixth Sense is in it. Justin Long's in it. Yeah, Haley Joel Osment. I think um, Michael Parks is playing a part in it. Ralph Garman's in it as like a Canadian Mountie, so he actually has lines. Like it just it looks it's oh it's it looks so good. It's such a fucked up premise. It, yeah, it's ridiculously fucked up, but I'm super intrigued by where they go with it. Yeah, and it's one of those things I love seeing because honestly, I mean, people give Kevin Smith so much shit about his films because there is there's a there's a series of like five movies in there where he kind of told the same movie over and over again. It's a bunch of talking heads. The camera doesn't move. Like, he has his own style. That's fine. But the last, like, handful of pictures, like, there's been a... He's, it, people don't want to admit it, but he's had a lot of growth as a director. Yes, most definitely. Look at Clerks versus Red State. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially yeah, if you go back to this first one, to hell, even just look at Clerks 2 versus Red State. And those are much closer, but just the difference in what he was able to do with the actors that he had on set and the, what he wrote in that script, fucking spectacular. Now I want to go watch Red State. I want to watch Clerks 2 again, to, man. I might have to watch both of those today. Yeah, Rosario Dawson. She's going to be in Daredevil. Yeah, but she probably won't have a dance sequence in Daredevil, and that makes me sad. That's a good point. So I'm just going to have to go watch Clerks 2 again, because that dance sequence is spectacular. She's so cute. She is. I don't know how anybody could watch that movie and not fall in love with Rosario Dawson. That is just That whole movie is just an ode to Rosario. <laughs> I can dig it. 
Oh, I guess I got one other thing we can talk about before we start wrapping things up, because I don't think we've done a show between it. you dig it? Yes. Uh, I, just, I just had Warriors pop in my head. Thank you. For those of you that are hoping for six seasons of a movie of one certain television show, Hulu did not revive Community. NBC did not revive Community. No, Yahoo came out of left field and brought Community back for a season six. Streaming, li- streaming on the internet, so no censorship either. Wait, who's doing it? Yahoo. As in Yahoo.com. As in Yahoo's still a thing? Yes, as in Yahoo's still a thing. They're bringing <laughs> back community for what is what is supposedly 13 episodes for season six. In all fairness, I watched, what was it, a Burning Desire? Is that was the name of that show? I don't know. Uh, got Ken Moreno and um, a well, bunch of... Blue Mountain State. Yeah, a bunch of really funny actresses. They did a spoof of like The Bachelor, where he was oh, a firefighter, hilarious. and I I, I want to say it was called Burning Desire, but I'm not sure if that was the actual title. But it was some of the funniest shit ever. Natasha Lajano played a character who never wore pants, so during the entire show, she's just naked from the waist down, and she has a you know just the 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 pixelated blur in front of her. And if I mean if that's the people that worked on that or the people that are working on you know community. Have at it, because that shit was hilarious. From what I can understand, Dan Harmon and the writing staff, it's everyone before who was on Community is coming back to do Community. Nice. Including all of the actors that were still under contract. So no Donald Glover, because he'd already left. But everyone who's under contract at the end of Season 5 will be back for Season 6, with the exception of um, the guy who's also in Breaking Bad, who will be in Better Call Saul, Professor Banks. I can't remember the, guy, the actor's name. Crap. Um, I don't know. I can't remember I'm like his name, three sorry. seasons behind. You can <laughs> skip season four and not be bothered. There's like two good episodes in season four. And in fact, oh, Community geez. skips through season four because basically when season five opens, they reference a gas leak that happened the entire last year that made everyone act weird. I'm sorry, it's called Burning Love. Okay. So yeah, if you're a Community fan... Coming this fall to Yahoo.com. They have a streaming service, I guess, that's coming out or is out some kind, but it will have community on it. And Joel McHale has already confirmed there's no censorship, so they're allowed to curse now. So it could be an interesting switch. Nice. Because there's a lot of things his character says that should have curse words in it, but doesn't. <laughs> True. <laughs> his character definitely should curse. Uh, but I guess we should start wrapping things up. I got distracted by playing with my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. That's the thing that happens. And once again, where's your fucking camera? We're trying yeah, to get some hits here. If you're oh, going to sit no. there and be distracted and have dead air because you're playing with your boobs, at least do it on camera. I can't. Why not? Because Pup Dog spilled water on my laptop, so I'm broadcasting from my tablet. Don't you have a camera on there? <laughs> I do, but it's inoperable at the moment, because I'm playing with my boobs! And because there's a piece of tape across it, because she's yeah. playing with her boobs. I could probably turn on the camera. I think I have controls <laughs> on that in here. Giraffe <laughs> Summer is a good point in the chat where he goes, the biggest thing is that Yahoo is still a thing. Uh, that's true. I don't know. I thought it was funnier with uh, the fact that uh, Ralph Garman still has an AOL account. Yeah, that's pretty And he made an AOL account for um, Hollywood Babylon when you write them emails. You have to write an email to AOL. That's fantastic. Like, really? AOL is still a thing? That is My mom hilarious. still has an AOL 
Gmail. I think so, it's bad that I still have a Yahoo. <laughs> Gmail for the win. Gmail. Yeah. I have my own name at Yahoo, and I've had it for, what, like 20 fucking years now, so might as well keep it. Yeah, might as well. So now you guys know how to get a hold of Anthony on Yahoo Mail. You can basically email me anywhere at my or my name at and then whatever service. Touche. I got all of them. On so Twitter, should... I'm at Anthony Bachman. I got Anthony Bachman on Hotmail, Gmail. Uh, I don't think I got AOL because they were paying. You were they were charging for those when I started awesome. buying all the emails. But yeah, basically every free email account that's out there, if you put my name in front of it, yeah, it'll it'll get to me. That's why I get so much spam in my goddamn Yahoo mail. Because I've had it for 20 fucking years. <laughs> Yay! We're looking at the time. We should probably just start wrapping up our traditional way. That's basically, we tell you what we've been getting into and what we are getting into. And I'll start first, because why not? And the thing that I'll say that really surprised me that I'm super hooked on right now is the first Superman book, issue 32, with Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr. is out. And I fucking love it. And I normally don't like Superman books. I'm sitting here, I'm like, holy crap. This nice. is awesome. And part of that's because I fully admit that I love John Romita Jr.'s art, even though some people don't like it. One, uh, Mr. Scott Williams says it's too scratchy. But whatevs. You're welcome to your opinion. I love his run on the Amazing Spider-Man slash Peter Parker Spider-Man that went for like 10 years. Damn right. Yeah, it's freaking amazing. The only thing I don't like John Romita Jr. drawing is Iron Man. This is way too blocky. Yeah, he does kind of make him look like he's made out of Legos. Yes, I'm not too. Big I love of him on Spider-Man though. Yes. The giant calf, skinny ankle Parker is some of the my favorite Spider-Man drawings ever. Yep. He has a very unique way of drawing Spider-Man's physicality that no other artist has ever. And done. his poses, the way he poses him yeah. around on things. He poses really cool. the hell out of Spider-Man. I love his Spider-Man work. I'll, I'll eventually have to pick up the Superman. I haven't gotten it yet, but I, I was really surprised how much I enjoyed it, and the arc they're setting up now has me really intrigued. There's a lot of parallels between the last son of Krypton and the last son of a planet's name I'll redact that gets that gets premiered in this episode, or not uh, not episode issue. Sorry. <laughs> I've episode. also I've also been getting caught up on Orange is the New Black. I think I'm on episode four or five of the second season, so I'm way behind. God, what else have I been doing? I've been playing video games, a lot of video games on my Xbox the past couple days. And the girlfriend's been playing Tomb Raider on Xbox, and it actually looks like a not-shitty game. I'm intrigued. I've heard a lot of good things about the Tomb Raider game. I heard it's really good, actually, and I heard the comic that tied in with it was actually pretty good that Gail Simone wrote. I haven't read any of that yet, either, but I was just really... I was happy to see... Isn't that the game that had the pseudo-rape scene in it? No, I guess they took it out. Oh, did they? Okay. Because that was the only bad thing I heard about it, was that there was a, a scene where she almost gets raped. Everybody else yeah. said everything about that game was great, except for that one sequence. Yeah, I guess they were talking about how, because a lot of us, and myself included, you know, rebelled against that whole thing. Like, why does she have to get raped to be a strong person? And so a lot of people, so I guess it wasn't really part of the game. But I could be wrong. I have not played the game, so I don't actually know. Looking in the chat room right now, Draftsman has just said, all right, Bachman, you're getting a picture of me and Nina Hartley. Nice. <laughs> so let me, let me toss it to Anthony. What have you been getting into? Uh, still playing Wildstar because it's the best fucking MMO ever. It's hilarious. They just started, uh, they released The Strain, 
which is their first update. So basically a month after going live, they dropped an update that included uh, two full new zones, I think a new dungeon, and an entire new patch of like armor and everything that's covered in what's called the strain. So it's this weird like Halloween looking mutated crazy neon shit that's all teeth and eyeballs and goo. And so there's a bunch of crazy new body parts and armor and stuff. And then they uh, they added this awesome little uh, emote where if you do uh, slash strain on your character, a strain creature bursts out of your player's chest. Oh, that's like, awesome. Goes crazy. And then your character stops and goes... <laughs> and is just freaking out. And <laughs> it's, it's probably the coolest emote to basically, like, not do anything, but, like, to have just a cool little, you know, just a cool little sequence with a character. It's it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and it's it's this type of shit is basically why Wildstar is saying, hey, this is why we're charging 15 bucks a month. This is, you know, the type of content we're going to keep pumping out, you know, very frequently. So, it's, the game's awesome. Uh, other than that, just coloring geek, and lots and lots of comic books. Wolverine's not quite dead yet, but he will be soon. The New Warriors is fucking spectacular. Big Trouble in Little China is amazing. Ghost Rider. There's lots of good comics out there. Nice. I, yeah, I'm way behind on my comics. I did get caught up on uh, Batman Beyond 2.0 and Just League Beyond 2.0, and I continue to emphatically recommend them to people. Nice. Oh, and... It has begun. <laughs> Rocket Issue number Raccoon. one... Rocket Raccoon, written and drawn by Mr. Scotty Young. So, I have that as well. More and more pure fun. It's a really fun first issue. It's hilarious, and yeah, of course, I love Scotty's artwork. Scotty drawing a bunch of crazy aliens and Rocket running around with a bunch of guns is pretty much a perfect fit. It seems like it. So we'll toss it to Naki then. What have you been getting into, Naki? Um, I also... Yeah. My boobs, obviously. Um, I also picked up Rocket Raccoon number one, and I read it. I actually had time to read that. I liked it a lot. Um, I also have a giant stack of comics that I need to get into. Um, let's see, what else have I been doing? I've read... Um, I finished reading Changes, which is the 12th book of the Dresden Files, and I am now in Ghost Story. But let me tell you, Changes emotionally racked me so hard that I've barely gotten into Ghost Story. Um, again, if you're not reading the Dresden Files or you haven't picked it up yet, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Boyfriend got me involved with it. Um, I know our frequent guest host, our guest host king, actually, uh, Ryan, is also a huge Dresden Files fan. Um, it is absolutely wonderful. Um, not Okay, so it's not the best writing in the world, but Jim Butcher has a way of crafting a fantastic story, and the story is fantastic. Um, and it makes you care a, about a wizard who is kind of a dork, but yeah, it, it all takes place. He's a nerd. He's a nerd. And um, yeah, uh, I was sick, which is um, fun, but you know, I got coloring books and crayons out of that deal, so I got to color. And Nice. Nice. I got a Lisa Frank coloring book, guys. I've never even got one of those as a kid. Um, but I also got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman as well. <laughs> Ooh. So, um, 
yeah, I like coloring. Um, and that that's that's about it these days. I haven't had a lot of a whole lot of time with school and work and being an adult. Oh, I went to the Lady Gaga concert on Friday. I totally did that. That was, was so much fun. It on was purpose? on purpose. Here's the thing. I love theatrics. I, I seriously, I love theatrical things. So when my friend said she found Lady Gaga tickets for 50 bucks, I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> Fair enough. And, um, while it wasn't as theatrical as I thought it was going to be, it was still a lot of fun. Like, it was just, she's a great entertainer. Whether or not you like her music, you have to admit that she is a fantastic entertainer at what she does. And that's what the concert was. It was a whole lot of fun. It was a, it was called the Art Rave Ball. And it was, you know, it basically was that. It was a giant rave. Um, so. Were there meat dresses? There was no meat dresses, although someone did throw a steak at her. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Fantastic. Um, and someone threw a Kermit doll at her. And... Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was things being thrown left and right, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was just fun. So, that's it. That's what I've been getting into. That's pretty cool. Um, so I guess that's gonna wrap us up for this week. Uh, I don't know. I got nothing else. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to toss in? Fart to cure cancer. Fart to cure us all. So we're gonna close the show on that note. If you fart, you're helping cure cancer for people potentially. So, eat more beans. And we will see you next week. And we'll see you guys next week at 11 a.m. Eastern because we stream every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern over at live.atgnpodcast.com. So you can come and be a part of the podcast and be part of our peanut gallery and heckle us. We like it. So until then, folks, eat more beans. I'm going to go play with my boobs. Thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy on the Gunna Geek Podcast Network. You can find ATGN in a variety of places. Some of those include our website at atgnpodcast.com or on certain apps like Stitcher Radio. In fact, we're even on Gunna Geek's main website at gunnageek.com slash network where you can find all things good and nerdy and all of the other shows that are part of the Gunna Geek network family. If you want to get in touch with the show directly, don't forget you can use any of the social media methods like Facebook at facebook.com slash allthingsgoodnerdy or Twitter at ATGN Podcast. That's not your cup of tea for getting in touch with us. Don't forget about the ATGN hotline at 304-806-ATGN. We check it each week, so leave us a message and we'll get back to you and put it on the show. That's going to wrap up another episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Join the Adahe, Naki, and myself next week for an all-new live show at 11 a.m. Eastern Time at live.atgnpodcast.com. The music you've heard for both the intro and outro of this show were found on SoundCloud.com and are used in accordance with the Creative Commons licenses. Leaving Earth by Abandon All Hope is used as the outro of this show, and The Wind Waker by the Neskimos is used as the intro and slightly modified in both cases. To get links directly to these songs, go to atgnpodcast.com and check out the background music section.